1: Welcome to the Global Economic and Markets Research Podcast. My name is Belinda Allen and I'm a Senior Economist here at ComBank. And today I'm joined by Martin Wetton, our Head of Fixed Income and Currency Strategy, which Martin, you often don't come on, but it's great to have you. Thanks for being here.
0: Thanks for having me on.
1: Now, we are going to talk uh, a little bit about uh, green bonds so maybe before we get into green bonds and uh, particularly what we're seeing in the market is a growing number of sovereigns issuing in that space, maybe you could just say firstly what green bonds are before we get into the developments in the market.
0: So, a great place to start. The so green <laughs> bonds are bonds that are backed by uh, assets that uh, by an auditor are regulated to provide a, uh, an outcome. Uh, it might be uh, solar loans, It might be um, money that is spent to work on renewable energy or uh, social social bonds, things like uh, social housing. Mm. That that actually comes under what's called social. So it's actually under a bigger blanket or umbrella called ESG, Environmental, Social and Governance. But largely the words are interchangeable, although there is some specificity that you you do have. Uh, And it's a way that both, uh, I guess sovereigns or agencies, government departments, uh, corporates, banks can issue debt and find a broader mm. uh, buyer base and one where they pay a little bit less for their money. So it's a, it's actually something that's an incentive for the issuer. Uh, for a buyer, obviously you're getting a bit less yield, but you're buying something that fits an increasing part of your mandate from your end investors to say you must hold a certain percentage of your assets in this asset class. And so uh, it, it's really easily um, defined and audited. So you have to make sure that you comply with the rules to be called a green or social bond.
1: And we've seen over the past, I want to say decade, uh, that we're seeing an increasing yeah. list of sovereigns, so that's uh, governments around the world. Uh, countries around the world issuing into that ESG market, uh, not only at the sovereign level, but also, as you said, at uh, agency level, even state governments uh, are doing it as well. Uh, But what we've seen most recently is New Zealand has joined that growing list of sovereigns that that have announced they're going to go into the green space. So why do you think New Zealand has taken that decision now?
0: I think New Zealand at a marketing level, Mm. uh, has always been very good at promoting itself as being slightly different. Uh, I would like to say not (laughs) Australia. Uh, But, you know, Clean Green New Zealand, it's been a tagline for their advertising for a long time. I don't think that's necessarily the, the rationale behind it, but they have a progressive government in power and that is something that they've flagged that they feel is important. They're able to finance those assets that are green, they'd be able to finance them anyway. Mm. But what happens is, by doing so, you're financing them at a slightly lower rate than you would otherwise finance them at. And you're right, they're they're joining something that's been going for probably 10 years, but um, a bit of an exponential growth curve in many ways. You've seen countries like Indonesia and Malaysia, Mm. Hong Kong, uh, most of the European sovereigns and then more recently you've seen countries like Canada, the UK uh, and Germany all issuing in that space. And as you said, uh, state governments and other borrowers have been there. So while I guess Australia has not been a country that's really um, warmed to that idea, if you forgive the pun, mm. uh, the state governments have got ahead of that, at least on the east coast of Australia, with Queensland or QTC, New South Wales and TCD Victoria – all having issued in green or social bonds for a number of years now, and it's an important part of their program.
1: And it makes sense as well because we did see state governments uh, in Australia commit to net zero targets earlier than the federal government as well. So exactly right. Yeah. Yep. So I mean, you just got back from Europe doing a marketing trip round there. You, you noted earlier that we did, and we have seen a number of European countries. I guess be early adopters of ESG bonds and, and green bonds in particular. I guess the question we need to ask, and you kind of noted this before, is why are countries going down this path? There's obviously been a lift in debt issuance over recent years, particularly during the pandemic, uh, because we did see a lot of countries use fiscal policy to really go out there and help demand in the economy uh, during the pandemic. But I guess why, why now... And what are they hoping yep. to achieve?
0: Well, I guess at one level, uh, there's a, there is, as you say, a, you know, a lot of issuance that's been done by countries during the pandemic. And so what they are trying to do is, I guess, differentiate their product. Uh, although, if, I guess if everyone does it, you're not really differentiating mm. it. But it's differentiating within their borrowing program and finding new buyers. Mm. Um, there was a, a, an issue in New South Wales um, my, my thoughts are about a year ago where New South Wales issued a um, an ESG bond and what they noted was that the usual buyers turned up uh, as they always do for New South Wales bonds, but a whole lot of new ones turned up and these are names that have never previously bought New South Wales. So really what you're getting is a more diverse buyer base and a funding differential that is meaningful. Yeah. So for every billion dollars worth of bonds that, say, uh, Germany issues in the green space, it saves around 600,000 euros. Now, that's not small. I mean, it's not, it's not enormous, but it's still something. And so there's the incentive from the issuer to reduce their funding costs. But at the same time, it's uh, the requirement from the end investors, the people yeah. who uh, – at a corporate level, give their pension funds to a fund manager and say, "We want you to put a certain percentage of our money into ESG." Well, they're the buyers, and they're, they're being mandated to do that. So it's creating its own demand in a sense. But the incentive is there for both sides. What it also does is it actually reduces the volatility of that particular bond relative to other bonds in a portfolio. So. When you're a fund manager holding that asset, you're, uh, you're seeing, a, I guess, a, a better risk-adjusted return by holding those bonds.
1: And is that kind of, with New Zealand coming into the market as well, is that what they're hoping to achieve? Because I think they're also now going to be included in the big global government bond index, aren't they?
0: Yeah, they are. The World Government Bond Index, or Wigby as it's known, has been around for a long, long time. Uh, it's a benchmark for global passive investors, but also some more active investors to benchmark what bonds they'll hold. Now, New Zealand being a, a relatively small market has never been included in mm-hmm. this, but it's over the threshold in dollar terms. Mm-hmm. It's over the threshold in liquidity terms. And as it goes into the decks around October of this year it comes at probably around the time that New Zealand would be planning to issue its first green bond. I would think the reason for New Zealand to do it is not just the political reasons, not just the idea of net zero and mm. being, I suppose, a, a solid uh, international, corporal or sovereign citizen, but it's also the diversity of what, diversity in, in the uh, ownership of their market.
1: Yeah. And I
0: think the two dovetailing around the same time is 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 a powerful story for New Zealand. It'll get them on the map a little bit more with global investors and it will save New Zealand some money on the basis of what we what we think it's, uh, it's going to come out as a, as a level or a price.
1: So is that what success looks like for these sovereign issuers into the green market? Is it about diversifying their ownership base of who owns their bonds but is it also a pricing mechanism as well? Is that what they're trying to achieve? Uh, well, what does success
0: look like? It is important that uh, in, uh, that borrowers that uh, sovereign debt borrowers do have investors turn up to buy their debt, that each time they borrow money, there's enough demand so that you know the the bond is covered in a bond auction. And while that's not generally a problem in sovereign markets, it's more that what happens at a time when people investors stop buying your mm-hmm. debt, Simply because you're not green or, you know, not everyone will stop buying it, but enough people will stop buying it that you start paying a little bit of a premium for your debt. And that's very difficult to measure in the beginning, Mm. but over time, that is something that would be a concern. And I think for borrowers, it's a really important thing to be what is known as regular and predictable. Mm. So that is you're in the market, you're not trying to take advantage of buyers by bringing the, the latest theme or uh, something that is advantageous to you as an issuer and you need to be predictable so that borrowers know that you if you're coming to market with a certain product it's going to be there regularly the thing about a green bond is that in many ways because you have to have the assets behind it to back it up you can't just issue all the time but if you're if you're committing to being a green issuer on a regular basis you're going to find that you have a larger buyer base, and it will be advantageous in cost terms to you as an issuer. So that's what I think success will look like for New Zealand, as it has for the other countries that we've looked at, like Canada, the UK, uh, and Germany, where they've all been uh, fairly active in their green issuance in, in the last year and a half.
1: It's certainly a, a growing topic, isn't it? I mean, we've, we've heard it for quite some time and I think just what we've seen is the change both at the investor level but also the community level about the focus on, on climate change issues. So it's really interesting to see how this will continue to develop. Martin, thanks for coming on. Yeah,
0: pleasure. Thanks for having me.
1: Now, uh, Martin Wadden produces a lot of different reports on Combankresearch.com.au, and many of them includes comments around green bonds.